Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron, on this 12th of November. Getting ready for a huge weekend of sports. The Bucks are over in Germany tomorrow, trying to win two in a row. Of course, the Lightning on the ice playing, getting better each week. And we have some Rays news. The number here, 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email. We'll be right back to kick off the show. Formaggio's Pizzeria, your favorite. Favorite neighborhood pizzeria serving up the best hand-tossed New York style pizza and absolutely unbeaten Philly cheesesteak outside of New York or Philly. Let Formaggio's take care of dinner tonight with convenient online ordering at Formaggio's.com or call their friendly staff at 813-689-1744. That's 813-689-1744. Formaggio's is family owned and operated. Located at 4356 Lithia Pinecrest Road. Tell them Power 90.1 sent you and get 10% off your carryout order. Check out the full menu at formaggios.com. F-O-R-M-A-G-G-I-O-S.com. Formaggios Pizzeria. It's what's cooking for dinner. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back to the show, sports fans. Hopefully everyone's enjoying a good Veterans Day weekend. Thank you to all the veterans out there for doing what you do so that we can do what we do. The Bucks last week, for 59 minutes and 16 seconds, we looked absolutely terrible. And then for the last 44 seconds, we looked like we were the team we're supposed to be. Marching down the field, game-winning touchdown, 44 seconds to go, giving us a 16-13 win against the Rams, taking our record to 4-5. and five. Well, I'll tell you what, for the first, like I said, 59 minutes Plus, we looked like a team that has been in total disarray for the whole season. We couldn't get anything going from an offensive standpoint. Our defense played well throughout the game. I have to give them credit for that. We were able to hold the Rams to 13 points. But from an offensive standpoint, man, I'll tell you, it's, it's been tough sledding. Luckily for us, the Rams played a prevent defense in that last 44 seconds, which in essence prevented them from winning the game. Brady was, to his credit, able to take advantage of the situation and drive the team down the field. Scotty Miller made a couple nice catches. Uh, Fournette had a nice one out of the backfield. Auten in the touchdown pass. So when it's all said and done, it's a W. And any time in the NFL when you can walk away from a Sunday with a victory under your belt, it's a good thing. It's hard to get in the NFL. So... As we turn to 4-5, and five, we'll be going against the Seahawks tomorrow morning. That's a 9.30 game from Munich, Germany. We're going to be taking on Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. Their record is 6-3 and three going into this game. And uh, before we break down the game a little bit, if you listen to some of the uh, press conferences and, and whatnot after the game last week and, and during this week, one of the things I think I saw that was interesting was what Brady had mentioned um, about game day effort is embarrassing. 
So that's something that I think needed to get the Bucks coaches' attention and hopefully the players as well. Because when you have a quarterback saying that the game day effort is embarrassing, that's a reflection not just on the person saying it, but from the whole organization, from the coaching staff all the way down. So I hope that was addressed during this week of practice. And I understand what Brady was saying because there's some times during the course of a game where you have receivers not running the full pattern. You see Brady getting frustrated. Even with Evans at times, there seems to be some lack of communication between Brady and the receivers. Brady now throwing some balls that you typically haven't seen him throw in the past. And I feel that a lot of times there's been some lapses on some offensive line. We're not making the right uh, plays when we're calling a run play versus a, a pass protection play. Uh, I really think that they need to you know, get back on track. Now, a lot of times a victory cures a lot of the ills, and I'm hoping that that's the case. Like I mentioned last week on the show, I thought that that was going to be the pivotal game in turning the season around. If we can win tomorrow, we'll get back to 500. And luckily, we're still in that NFC South division, which is probably the weakest division in the NFL right now. Atlanta lost on the Thursday night game, so we're in first place in that division right now. And I think that if you look at the chances of winning that division, it's pretty strong for the Bucks, despite what they're going through right now. In Munich tomorrow morning, I think that you're going to see a um, Seattle team that wants to put up some points. I think it's actually going to be a pretty high-scoring game. If you look at what the Bucks did last week, Brady, when he was making some good passes, they were being dropped. They probably had at least seven to eight drop passes between you know, Godwin and Evans, and Miller had dropped one in the end zone, which would have been a touchdown, and probably another four or five that were contested. So that has to get better. I mean, NFL receivers are paid to catch the ball, and that's what we need to do is, is catch the ball. Now, Brady's gone, I believe, eight games without a pick. He's getting the ball out of his hands probably faster than anyone else in the league right now. I, I do think that I, I, have, I think it was 2.2 seconds maybe I read somewhere, which is leading the league in um, getting the pressure out of his hands. 2.4 seconds I have written down here, and it is the fastest of getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands. He's doing that because he's running for his life. He's afraid of getting you know, hit. Obviously, Donald last week, the Rams, have very good defense, and you know, it puts a different perspective on what you're able to do from a offensive standpoint when you're basically trying to run for your life and scramble. And we all know that scrambling and, and running isn't one of Brady's strong points ever, now or at any time during his career. So a thing that gets me probably the most frustrated with this team right now is the, the lack of play calling. If you're an offensive coordinator, you, the coaches get paid. You make your money in this in this league on plays, on third down calls that you call, and in red zone plays that you draw up. And for some reason, 
the offense, whether you want to talk about Leftwich not making the right calls, I'm not sure if, if Brady is shooting him down in the huddle at the line of scrimmage, if he's audibleizing, or if they're just not able to perform and execute the play that they're calling. But terrible play calling on both third down and red zone plays. And you're trying to run, you're trying to run a middle screen with Fournette, um, you know, third and third and two from the three yard line. Um, you know, finally they figured it out with Auden because the backside tight end is always open on those plays. But whatever happened to possibly a fade to Evans? How many times have you seen that this year? We've been in the red zone several times. We just aren't able to capitalize on scoring. And that's what the good teams are able to do. They find a way. I really think we do have the personnel to be able to score some points in the red zone. But some terrible play calling has really been our Achilles heel. And yes, we do shoot ourselves in the foot sometimes when we get a penalty when we're down there. It goes from... No, first and goal from the three to first and goal from the eight, and it doesn't help us on that way. But we have to get back to running some traps in the run game, you know, get some people outside. Fournette, you, know, you have Fournette right now who uh, obviously he was showing how unhappy he was with not getting the playing time and the touches that he's used to getting. Um there's a lot to be said for that. I, I think he should be upset. He's a competitor. And I think he's one of the reasons why the Bucks do win games when it comes right down to it is because of his production. Now, he's not being able to run the ball as effectively as he has done in the past. But where does that come from? Um, it comes from the offensive line. It comes from the lack of cohesiveness, lack of ability, lack of whatever you want to you know, say about the offensive line. We're, here, we're the fourth best in the NFL in running the play option, but we do it the third least of times of all the teams in the NFL. So we need to do some things and allow the offense to do what they're good at doing. Now, Brady can get the ball to a lot of different people. That's one of his strengths throughout his career is that he's able to go out there and spread the ball around and someone's going to be open. He's very good at obviously reading the different defenses. He's very good at going out there and seeing what the defense is giving you. Now, you sit down every time the offense goes to the sideline after after they have to punt or whatever, what's the first thing they do? They get the iPads out. They're looking at you know, where the defenses were, what happened. I mean, I'll tell you what. I think some of that is overkill with these teams that do that all the time. Go out there and play the game already. But for saying that, you have to, with technology these days, go out there and see what's going on. If you can get an advantage or at least a read on maybe the place to call for the next time that you're out there in the field, it's definitely an advantage. But, you know, we're scoring it. We're averaging 18 points a game. That's the fewest points by a Brady-led offense throughout nine games in his career. So we're not scoring points. Is that is Brady um, on the decline? Well, you know, we had some issues. Brady had some issues this year going through a lot of things off the field as well, which may have uh, probably has come into his his. Uh, reduction in, in the leading this team, but I don't think that that's the main reason. It contributes to it, but I don't think it's the main reason. I really think that 
uh, they're in a shambles as far as protecting him. And if you look throughout Brady's career, if you pressure him, especially up the middle, no quarterback likes to be pressured. But if you pressure Brady, his production and uh, stats go go down like anyone else's would. If you give him time, he'll find a way to get to the ball to the right person if you allow him the time to do that. So I think that's something that we need to look forward to doing um, in the next game. We do have Antoine Winfield that made the trips, going to be playing. Um, Hicks will be back there in place. Julio is going to be playing. I think it's his third game in a row he's going to be out there playing. So uh, I do look forward to seeing this team um, get back on the winning side of things. I think that we're going to go out there and we're going to win. It's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Uh, Geno Smith on the other side, uh, he's um, he's someone that has some weapons. They have Tyler Lockett. They have DK Metcalf out there. I think that um, he's going to be able to go out there and, and put some points on the board. So it's going to come down to the Bucks playing some solid defense like they're capable of doing. But even more so, it's going to depend on if the offensive line is able to give Brady the time that he needs to go out there and find the players that seem to be open on a particular play. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at The Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Hey, welcome back to the gymnasium as we talk about the rest of the games for the NFL this week. We had another uh, barn burner with Carolina and Atlanta playing on Thursday night. Carolina won that one 25 to 15. But I'll tell you what, can you think of worse games on a Thursday night than we've had this season? I don't know if it's the curse with Amazon or whatever it is, but there's some pretty uh, pathetic games to watch this past year on Amazon on Thursday nights. So hopefully that gets better. Uh, we already talked about the Bucks, the first game of the day. So hopefully we'll be in a good mood for the rest of the games. A couple, couple games I think that are pretty interesting. You have the Browns playing at the Dolphins. Dolphins are 6-3. and three. Is it a surprising 6-3? and three? I don't know. You have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. Uh, those two guys can catch the ball. And, of course, you know that uh, two is doing a good job for them out there. You do have Nick Chubb on the other side there with Cleveland. Cleveland's 3-5 and five right now. He's, um, he's going to pile up, I think, a, a lot of yards in the game tomorrow against um, Miami. I, I think he um, is one of those running backs that just likes to grind it out, give him the ball. Offensive line is, is decent enough to you know, let him get maybe two or three yards per carry. And in certain situations, uh, he's able to go out there and really carry a team. The problem is once they get behind, 
Is Cleveland going to be able to come back and win that game? I'm going to say no to that. I think that Miami wins this game probably by uh, 10 points. Uh, I do think that uh, you're going to see uh, the Dolphins winning shootouts with uh, Tagliavoa and Hill, but is it going to be sustainable for the rest of the year? We'll see. Another big one, the Vikings at the Bills. Probably one of the more key games of the day. It's kind of tarnished a little bit by not knowing if Josh Allen is going to be able to play. Uh, He had a right elbow injury in the game last week against the Jets, where they lost, by the way. So if he doesn't go, you're going to have Case Keenum out there taking the snaps, and we see what happens with him. This is Stephon Diggs's first game against Minnesota since being traded from them back in 2017. Uh, it is at Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by about three and a half points. I think between Jeff, Justin Jefferson and Diggs, they're going to get a lot of points, and I think that a lot of yards, I should say. So Diggs already has 200-yard performances in the past three games. He's going to be fired up to play against his old team. Jefferson's on a roll as well. So I think you're going to see a um, a lot of firepower with those two guys right there. And I do think that when it comes right down to it, it's going to be a game that's won by a field goal, especially if Allen cannot go. If Allen doesn't go, then it's going to be a field goal game. If he is playing and able to go, it might be a seven-point game for the Bills. Another one at 1 o'clock is going to be the uh, Saints coming in at 3-6 and six against the Steelers at 2-6. and six. Uh, This is one of those games. They had a bye week last week, so the Steelers are going into the second half of the season uh, rested, and they have some defensive reinforcements on the way. T.J. Watt, DeMonte Kazi are expected to be activated off the IR, but they don't have... Um, Defensive end, Ogan Joby, I don't think. So, two and six is not really a good start to the season. And Tomlin, if you look at his record after a bye week, he's 11 and four, I believe. So, I think this is a game that Pittsburgh might be able to win. However, I do look for the Saints to bounce back a little bit after a short week on the road. Um, Olave is leading all NFL rookies with 618 receiving yards. So I think that this game could go either way. Either of these teams are what you'd call good at this point, but I do think that the Steelers are able to pull this one out uh, by a a point or two. Got the Bears at the hosting the Lions. The Lions are two and six. After after a win last week against Green Bay, huge win for them, fifteen and nine last week against rival Green Bay, and then you have of course the Bears, uh, Justin Fields set the single game regular season rushing record for quarterbacks with one hundred and seventy eight yards on fourteen attempts in Week Nine. So you look at these two teams in that division; anything could happen when these guys get together. The Lions are allowing five yards per rush. Uh, I think that the Bears are, um, they average about 5.4 yards per rush. So I think that they're going to uh, try to run the ball. And I think that the Bears are going to come away and win this game probably by a touchdown. You have the Broncos at the Titans. Titans are 5-3. and three. Uh, Broncos 3-5. and five. I think Tennessee, last time I looked, was favored in this game. However, you never know uh, what's going to happen when you have Tennessee. They seem to look good one week, then maybe not so good 
the next week, Tennessee, they're facing Pat Sertain, the second out there. The wide receivers, here's a stat, the wide receivers for Tennessee did not catch a single pass last week. Do you believe that? Not one pass did they catch. I don't even think they were thrown to, but they did not catch a pass. So um, all they do is, is they get the ball and they run the ball. And when you have a beast like Derrick Henry, what do you do? You give him the ball and get out of the way, I guess. So I, I think it's going to be a game that will go as far as um, as far as they're able to take the running game. And I do look for Tennessee to win this game probably by about um, three to four points, I think, if you break it down. And depending on how tired Henry gets, honestly, throughout the game. Uh, another good game that I think uh, we should look at is going to be the Jaguars at the Chiefs. I say it's a good game because the Chiefs are 6-2. and two. They find a way to win games at the end. And they're pretty much facing their fifth opponent ranked in the top 10 scoring defense. So they're due for a letdown. And in my opinion, even though they're a nine and a half point favorite right now, I think Jacksonville can go out there. You have Travis Etienne now running for 100 yards um, and a touchdown in the last three straight games. He's definitely a force for Jacksonville. Um, You have their quarterback getting more and more comfortable being out there each week. So I'm telling you, I I see a uh, a little bit of a window for uh, Jacksonville to win this game. Do I think they will? I would have to pick KC if someone made me, but I think I'm going to, uh, my upset of the week is going to be Jacksonville on this one. The Colts at the Raiders, uh, both those teams, uh, Colts are three and five, Raiders two and six. Um, not quite sure. Devontae Adams, you know, had a, a good week last week, but the Raiders, they've been in trouble all year. I know the Colts just um, put a new coach out there, Jeff. Jeff Saturday taking over there so who knows what happens when a new coach steps up but I think at this point you have to go with the Raiders even though the Raiders are um, having a a poor season themselves they could score some points against uh, Indianapolis in this one Cowboys at the Packers typically would be a great game if you follow both teams over the years I think that um, Dallas is favored even though it's being played at Lambeau, which is surprising in itself. But if you look, Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the offense, they struggled against the Lions. And the Lions don't really have a strong defense. So what are they going to do against the Cowboys, who really have a good defense, if you, if you break it down? So I think they rank first in sacks. And I think that with the pass rush and the pressure that they bring, it's going to be another long day for Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think that on the offense for the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb is going to have another big day, another 100 yards receiving possibly. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that, I don't see the Packers winning this game. However, I find it hard to think that the, the Packers could lose another one, especially there at home. So, I'm going to take the Packers in this one and probably an upset. Um but that's my pick on that one. The Cardinals at the Rams. As you know, the Rams, we talked about, they got beat by the Bucks here last week. So the Rams have dominated the Cardinals since McVay was hired as the coach, going, I think, 10-1 and against Arizona. So uh, Arizona has issues on that offensive line. 
And when you have Aaron Donald on the other side trying to uh, reach Kyler Murray, I think Murray's in for a long day. He will be able to scramble. Murray's good at getting out of the pocket, and he's going to have to run for his life. But I do think that when it's said and done, even though the Rams have been outscored by 61 points in the fourth quarter this season, which is the most in the NFL, by by the way, I, I do think that they're going to go out there and uh, win this game. Uh, they're in Los Angeles, so we'll see what happens. It should be interesting to watch that one. You have the Chargers uh, playing at San Francisco in the night game tomorrow. San Fran is favored. San Fran's four and four right now. The Chargers are five and three. Um, Chargers enter the game giving up a league-worst five yards per rush. They also lost Austin Johnson, who was the team's best run-stopping defensive lineman, to a season-ending knee injury. So that's definitely not going to help their cause. I think McCaffrey, though, when you have McCaffrey, he brings a whole different dimension to this 49ers team. I really think from an offensive standpoint, he's the the, the piece of the puzzle that they were missing. He's going to accumulate probably, I would say, close to 200 yards. He's, he'll probably have over 100 yards, maybe even 125 yards rushing against the Chargers who have struggled to stop the run. And, you know, the only thing that could prevent McCaffrey from going crazy is uh, Debo Samuel coming back. So he'll give McCaffrey a rest out there and you know, provide a, a two-headed attack there for the 49ers. Look for a good game, but I I do think that the 49ers are going to win that game tomorrow night, which brings us to the Monday night game. The Washington Commanders are playing at Philly. Washington's 4-5 and five coming into the game against Philly, who is 8-0 at this point. People are asking the question, can the Eagles go undefeated this year and, and match the 72 Dolphins? Uh, who knows? With the record that they have, with the schedule they have coming up, I think anything's possible. I, I tend to say it's a little too early to start talking about that, but Jalen Hurts, like I mentioned several times, now that he's able to get his offense going from a um, receiving standpoint with the guys that he has, not just him running, it really presents tough tough matchups for the defense. And I, I think that Washington's defense, they are pretty good. The Eagles, um, I think the lowest they've scored is 20 all year. And I think that Washington may hold may hold the Eagles in check for most of the game. So Philly, here's the issue. Philly hasn't trailed in the second half this season, and they haven't really been tested. So until they're able to actually be down and have to come back and win a game, I, I don't know if they can uh, compete for the chip at the end of the season. So, you know, with that said, they are 8-0. They are favored to win this game. I don't look for it to be a high-scoring game. I think when it's all said and done, um, Washington will put up a good battle, but I do think that the Eagles win probably by about 10 points in this one. Would love to hear your comments on any of the games that we talked about, or if you want to chime in on the Bucks, please do so. Sports at power at 901.com or call 877-448-7901. We'll be right back to talk more sports in the gymnasium. Tired of trying to catch the big red bus? 
One Blood has comfortable and convenient donation centers all around the Tampa Bay area, like in Plant City at 2909 James L. Redmond Parkway, Suite Number 6. Not only are you helping others by donating blood or plasma, you can earn free gifts for your donation, like gift cards and t-shirts. Restrictions apply. Call Donation Center for current offer details. Make a difference. Call and make your appointment today. In the Plant City area, call 813-752-7638. That's 813-752-7638. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans, and some baseball news. Close to home here, the Rays made some moves this week. Uh, first of all, G-Man Choi is no longer a Ray. Uh, he got picked up by Pittsburgh. In return, the Rays got pitcher Sam Hartman. So, you know, if you started this season and and asked the question, who are the three most popular or favorite Ray players? I think you would have gotten the answer of Phillips, Kiermaier, and Choi. And as we stand right now, as you know, um, Phillips was let go during the season to make room for other players. And now we have G-Man Choi, who is no longer with us, and Kevin Kiermaier. So both of these guys, uh, you know, have been mainstays with the Rays, especially Kiermaier. Kiermaier was here, I think, eight or nine years, special talent. He was a 30-round, 31st round pick, um, you know, multi-talented defensive center fielder. He won the Golden Glove um, many times out there. And always with him, if you look at how many runs did he save for the race? I mean, his batting average, he, he seemed to come through in some playoff games more times than not, but during the regular season, he's just an average batter and nothing spectacular, but he always seemed to help in the the playoffs and and whatnot, but um, because of the way he played, uh, Kevin was always out there giving 120%, and he was injury prone due to uh, how hard he played. I mean, he would be diving for balls, running into fences and whatnot, and um, in doing so, his I think his injuries caught up with him. He had a hip injury this past year, and uh, he did have a, uh, I guess, a $13 million option it was that the Rays declined this year. So he's no longer with us. No, thank you, Kevin, for all the good memories that you have right here. And uh, we're definitely going to miss you. Choi, same thing. He seemed to be one of those guys, always had a smile on his face. Um, he had an op- $4.5 million would have been, I guess, the um, arbitration amount that he would have to get from the Rays this year. They chose not to do that, free up some cap room. Makes some room for, I think, uh, Jonathan Aranda. I mean, he's the pure hitter. He can play first base. Maybe Paredes out there as well. But you know, it's nothing's for forever in sports in any in any league, and especially in in baseball. So, I think that when you talk about what it's going to mean to lose Kiermaier and Choi, it does open up. It does open up the opportunity for the Rays to go out there and get some players that are in free agency right now. I do hear some buzz about going out there and, and getting some of these players, whether it be a um, Jock Peterson, um, Michael Brantley, Matt Carpenter, maybe Joey Gallo's name has been thrown around. Josh Bell, who I would I would love to see them pick up a Josh Bell. But if you look right now, going into next year, the Rays probably will have one of the best 
starting rotations in all of baseball and you know within the American League as well. You look at what they had at the end of the season there and the way that the mid-relievers and the bullpen was able to lock games down for the Rays. It was the offense that really you know, led to our demise in the playoffs by not scoring runs. And I think that if we... No, use the freed up salary cap space and go out there and get one of those guys. You know, that's what the Rays need to do. I haven't heard any updates on the new stadium in a couple of weeks. So I'm sure that talk will will pick up here as the uh, baseball season uh, takes off in the offseason and what they're going to be doing. So uh, good luck to Choi. Good luck to uh, Kiermaier. I just hope that... You know, Kiermaier doesn't go to an American League East team. I would hate to see him in pinstripes or some uniform that says Boston on it especially. Anyway, that's the uh, updated baseball news. Be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. Penn Star Tree and Landscaping is on the air reminding Americans to stand tall and show support to the brave and honorable men and women of our U.S. military. The tireless efforts each and every day should never go unnoticed. This proud salute is brought to you by Ten Star Tree and Landscaping. For the very best in residential and commercial tree service and landscaping, call Ten Star Tree and Landscaping today and mention this ad for 20% off at 813-680-9139. 813-680-9139. That's Ten Star Tree and Landscaping. They're professionals who care. Now. Now. Back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. The Lightning have been on the ice the last month, and they're off to a little bit of a slow start, honestly. They're still trying to make some adjustments. I think that they've lost some games because of some poor decisions on the defensive end of the ice. And quite honestly, Vasilevsky hasn't been himself this season, uh, calling it as it is. Uh, I'm seeing more shots on him from further on out because people know in in tight, you're not going to score on Vasilevsky. He's able to block everything down low. The only time that people can uh, typically score on him is uh, shooting high, either the glove side or the stick side, but it's got to be a high shot. Down low, it's not going to work. So because of that, you're seeing some more shots from the outside, which... Uh, are uncharacteristically getting by him in some situations. So he's got to do better, and I'm sure he will, as does the whole rest of the team at this point. But I'm not really concerned about the Lightning at this point. They're still making some adjustments, maybe have Hagel um, in there in the left wing with the first line, uh, being able to dig the puck out. A lot of times on the power play, we're not getting the rebounds, getting the second shots, which he may help with. So don't forget, Sorelli will be coming back as well. Kucherov's having a good year so far, 21 points. Uh, six goals, Stamco seven goals, Brandon Point six goals, 15 points as well, so now between them, Sergachev's having a good year so far, Hedman, Hedman's Hedman, so we need some better play out of some of the other lines, which we'll get, I'm not concerned, like I said so far into the season, I think that uh, as we go, we're going to make the necessary adjustments. A good series this weekend with Washington, a home and away series. And any time that you have a guy named Ovechkin that the Capitals have, anything could happen. So we want to stay out of the 
out of the power play situation with Washington to be able to go ahead and, and capitalize on some um, uh, goals. And we don't want any shorthanded goals, that's for sure. So keep your eyes on the Lightning. We'll talk more about them as the season progresses. We have USF playing this weekend against a tough SMU team. USF, as you know, fired their coach this this past week. They're in some disarray, um, looking for a new uh, coach. They talked about many names out there. Leverett was one of them. Gruden was one of them, actually. We'd love to hear your thoughts on who you think the next USF coach would be. 877-448-7901. Who do you like to see there? They gave up 630 yards to Temple last week. I, I think Temple scored on every offensive drive that they had except maybe one and they're playing SMU this week which you know SMU may score 80 points this week they have a very good team so we'll see what happens with that uh, if you can get out there it's always a great venue to see with USF uh, the Veterans Day weekend I'm sure they have some uh, good things planned for the fans out there because of that so good thing to see we're going to talk more about college football next week on the show not enough time this week some basketball as well you do have North Carolina and um, Michigan State playing on the deck of an aircraft carrier this weekend uh, in honor of Veterans Day as well. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the, the top 25, not just in college basketball, but also college football. Look at the bowl picture a little closer and um, see where some of the Florida teams uh, may end up. Florida State had a great win against Miami last week. We'll see what happens this week. And um, guys, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have this week. It's always great talking sports, especially in the Bay Area with you. The show is growing each week. I appreciate the feedback, the emails. We'll get to some emails next week. And as always, have a great weekend. Stay vigilant. Stay safe. Above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium on Power 90.1.